It's me, Peter Parker, your friendly neighborhood, you know. I've come a long way from being the boy who was bit by a spider. Back then, nothing seemed to go right for me. Now, oh, look, it's Spider-Man! people really like me. Hey, stick around. It's going to start again in a couple minutes. Yeah, that's okay. The city is safe and sound. I guess I've had something to do with that. My Uncle Ben would be proud. So anyway, tonight you can probably see that we're going to talk about Spider-Man. I wanted to start this new thing during the summer, if we could do this CYM at the movies. We're going to kind of go through a couple um, blockbusters. And we're going to see if we can um, maybe just see what kind of messages behind it. You know, there's a lot of times there's a lot of spiritual relevance in movies. We just don't really recognize it. We might not pick up on it right away. So we're going to kind of talk about that tonight. We're going to kind of go through. We're going to watch way more video than we normally do, but that's okay because it's something different. And I'm big on something different. So tonight we're going to talk about Spider-Man 3, and it's all about being the battle within. Um, Romans 12.21, the scripture verse says, don't let evil get the best of you and get the best of evil by doing good. So we can understand that that's really the the whole mantra of Spider-Man, isn't it? Don't let evil get the best of you, but get the best of evil by doing good. Especially in this movie, Spider-Man 3. The movie, how many of you guys have seen it out there? Spider-Man 3. Really? There's a lot of people who haven't seen it? Wow. Amazing. Uh, the movie in condensed form, Spider-Man, obviously, he's, he's in this glory time right now. You know, having, um, you know, he turned to this crime fight, fighting after this Uncle Ben's death. And, uh, you know, Peter Parker, what he ends up doing at this time is he really faces this even more sinister enemy uh, in Spider-Man 3. Like I said, at the beginning of the movie, Peter's sitting pretty. He's got the girl of his dreams. You know, he looks like he's going to get married to Mary Jane. And, and uh, you know, he's in his city. They all love him. It's like Spider-Man. He's a celebrity. He's a star. Everyone's noticing how much they love him. And, you know, they are like in this throes of Spider-mania at that time, you know? But what happens soon after is, you know, here is Mary Jane and Peter Parker, and they're in a the little spider web, swinging in the breeze like a little hammock. And, uh, of course, you know, kiss them a bit and tell them they love each other. And we see that there's this big alien-type crash thing, and, and this symbiote shows up, and, and this, this strange alien-type thing um, comes upon Peter Parker. And what happens is it comes upon him and it turns his Spider-Man suit black. And uh, his darkest demons come to light. And it changes Spider-Man on the inside as well as on the outside. Not only does he not have the cool blue and red and he's black now, but inside there's a whole lot of a different personality coming out of Peter. So Peter then, after this, he's, sit, he's hit on all sides. You know, everything is, that was just going perfectly starts to just completely unravel in his life. And uh, first off, right off the bat, he hears that his, his Uncle Ben's murderer. He finds out who the real murderer was, and he finds out that he's escaped. And then he not only has that to deal with, but he has this rival photographer at the Daily Bugle, Eddie Brock, who uh, is doing anything he can really to steal his jobs. You know, he wants to get all the good shots, and he wants to take Spider-Man down, and he wants to be the, the cool man in the, uh, 
in the office and at the newspaper. So then thirdly, he has his old friend Harry Osborne, who's still holding him responsible for his father's, this, which is the AKA Green Goblin, he's holding him responsible for his death. So here's Peter, even though things are going great and all of a sudden all this starts to happen, he's hit on three different sides and he's got all these different things to deal with. So these things come at Peter, like I say, they're really hard for him to deal with because things were going great. And what happens though is this symbiote that shows up on him, this alien form, comes at Peter and all these different things are going on in his life and it starts to show us in the movie that there's a darker side to Spider-Man. And uh, out of his trials, out of his frustrations, things that are going on in his life, he begins to lose everything that he thought he had. And, you know, here he is, he's Mary Jane, things are falling apart with him and his relationship, and, you know, people are all saying Spider-Man's a bad guy, and all these different things, you know, he's fighting all these enemies. But the one that's the hardest the one to fight the hardest one for him to deal with is the one that's really inside of him, the enemy within that's inside of him. And uh, what happens really with Peter at the beginning is he deals with pride. Um, the Bible talks about pride. It says that pride is one of the biggest things that can cause people to stumble. Uh, Proverbs 16, 18 in the New Living Translation says, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. The message translation says, first pride and then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. Peter Parker falls hard. He falls big time hard. He really hits hard because his ego was big. He started to think he had everything figured out. You know, like I say, he's enjoying Spider-Man celebrity. Everything's good. And, you know, Mary Jane, she's out there trying to struggle to make it big on Broadway. You know, actress, singer type thing. And, and little bit by bit, she starts to notice that Peter, you know, the self-confidence that he had, because she knows now that he's Spider-Man. She knows that he's self-confident, but she's starting to recognize it's not just self-confidence, but it's cockiness. And, you know, she's got, she just noticed that there's a whole lot of overconfidence inside of Peter. It's not just self-confidence, it's overconfidence. And she starts to see this side of Peter that she really doesn't like. She starts to think, this isn't really the guy I thought he was. And she starts, starts to notice this, and she tells Peter that there's really dangers ahead. She's like, Peter, you know... There's a difference in you. What's what's going on? And she says that she wants to help him. But Peter, who's already filled too much right then with pride already, you know, he's, he's believing all of his press that he's great and all these different things. You know, he thinks that he doesn't need help from anyone because he's Spider-Man, you know? So he doesn't have to do anything. So this symbiote that comes from outer space and falls to the ground, it attaches to Peter as he's laying down in bed one night. And all that was lurking inside Peter's heart all the things that were there uh, becomes no longer hidden, but it instead becomes evident to everyone that comes into contact with Peter. And there's a whole different side that comes out of Peter. His whole inside nature changes, and he turns into a completely different person. Here's this person who looks so easygoing, nice, humble, kind, and he turns into this radically different person. Hello. Mr. Parker, Dr. Connors here. Oh, Dr. Connors. How are you? Quite a specimen you left me, Parker. Its chemistry is not unlike the chondritic meteorites of the 70s. Thanks. <clears throat> That's good. You know it, Parker? Parker? Come smell. 
It amplifies characteristics of its host. Mm. Hey, give me another cookie. Especially aggression. Oh. Mm. This could be dangerous. Peter, you didn't keep any, did you? You got any with nuts? Um, I have some nuts. I could make some. Go make me some. Peter? No, no, no. Of course not. Shots are so good. I'd love to show you sometime. Peter Parker. Peter. Parker! Miss Brandt? That's not the position I hired you for. Black suit Spider-Man. Peter, these are incredible. You gotta have these, Jonah. I'll pay you the usual rate. If you want the shots, I'll take the staff job. Double the money. difference in Peter. I mean, the Peter that we've seen in other Spider-Mans, here's this guy. He's humble. He's willing to take just about anything that his boss throws at him. Whatever he pays him, whatever, he's extremely humble. And we see this whole different side of him starting to come out where he's all of a sudden a ladies' man. And all of a sudden he becomes really concerned with money, greed. And uh, we see there's a whole big difference, you know. And uh, the scientist, like I said, it says that this goo takes on the characteristics of the host. So we see that there is something that's happened inside of Peter. And uh, it's not so much that this symbiote has completely changed Peter. It's that there was something already happening inside of Peter already that had started to pick up some of his characteristics. And what happens with this goo is it amplifies its strengths, but it also amplifies the desire for vengeance and power, too. So all these different things start to take place. You know, Peter, what happened is throughout the stories, if you watch, how many of you guys seen the number one and number two? Spider-Man. Most people have seen him. Um, Peter never really got over his uncle's death. It was really hard for him to take his Uncle Ben dying, and, and there was this deep bitterness, a bitter root, the Bible describes it, that's buried inside of his heart, and really all that was needed was this symbiote to really uncover it and help it grow, and very soon Peter you know, he starts to like this darker side of him that's coming out. You know, he starts to like the darker changes he's feeling, the little bit more on edge. And the noticeable thing that he's getting with the girls, he's got the lack of hair falling in his eyes. He's got eyeliner now. I don't know what happened. So obviously he went and bought eyeliner. Something happens with that. It's something hidden in his heart. I don't know what that is. But uh, yeah, so it's kind of bizarre. So, you know, first pride. Then we see what happens as the story continues is destruction. Exactly what the scripture verse says. First pride, then comes destruction. 
And pride is interesting because it's like the yeast on all the other weaknesses that lurk inside of us. And, you know, there's revenge in Peter's heart. There's selfish ambitions. There's fits of rage that start to take place. And the pride is actually something that kind of helps all those other things that live there start to grow and take over. Uh, the Bible talks about yeast, that a very small bit of it can inv invade and take over a whole group because, you know, and it's, it's just a, a difference that it helps things to really get kind of negative and out of control, and it's a lukewarmness. The interesting thing about yeast is there's a scripture verse in the Bible that talks about that he says, God says he either wants us hot or he wants us cold. He would rather have you say that you're not interested in all in following him than being lukewarm. And what's really super interesting about yeast, if you do any baking, you realize that the way that yeast grows, it has to be in lukewarm water. It has to be in not too hot because it'll kill the yeast, not too cold because it won't take over and it won't start to do something. So yeast in itself has to have lukewarmness. So there's this really bizarre thing that's happening in Peter. And he was really starting to lose perspective. He was starting to... Um, you know, really get tangled up with a lot of deceit and problems and, and darkness in his soul. And, and it happens to just about everybody who starts to get tangled up with sin. One thing I've noticed with people when they start to get tangled up with sin is they start to blame everyone else but themselves. And that's exactly what Peter started to do. Peter started to notice different things about people, but he didn't really recognize that there was something inside of himself that wasn't so great. You know, there was that little bit of bitterness, a little bit of uh, a root inside of him that he never took care of, and it started to really grow and take over. You know, it's this fight between good and evil. But what's most interesting about Spider-Man 3 is that this evil lurking inside of Peter Parker is exactly like it is in each one of us. Yeah, every single one of us has something inside of us. And, you know, it is a fight that each one of us is always going to have to fight. There's something inside of us that has to be dealt with. And uh, we have to battle. The Bible talks about it being as our sinful nature. And it's a battle that's going to take place the rest of your life. It never ends. There is a battle between good and evil. And both, if you're a follower of Christ, reside in, in us. The Bible talks about it says when we accept Jesus as our Savior, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. God lives inside of us. But the problem is we never completely lose our sinful nature. There's something inside of us that always has to fight. There's this battle that takes place. Um, we have to go to battle with our own sinful nature. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 in the message says, It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied, joyless grabs for happiness, Trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrollable addictions, and ugly parodies of community. I could go on. That's how the Bible describes it. So... You know, it's, it's interesting. We may not come into contact with a symbiote, <laughs> but um, that's going to make it so noticeable to everyone around us. But in some respects, every one of us has a little bit of this evil Peter Parker living inside of us, and we have to take control of it. You know, we're able to hide our sinful nature a lot of times until those trials come upon us, and uh, they do come upon us. 
just like it was in the movie. Uh, a lot of times it's not just one thing, it's many things all at once. I don't know how many people out there, when you have a battle in your life, there's something going wrong, very rarely is it just one thing. Usually there's like four or five things you can say right at that moment that are going on in your life that there's numerous battles coming at you all at once. You can't get out of one thing, there's another thing already starting, and it's just there's just something attacking you every time. And uh, that's exactly what Peter happened happened to him. I mean, you see that there's so many different things that are going on in his life, dealing with bitterness and dealing with so many different enemies. You know, one of the things that the movie got critical um, points on was that there was too many villains. Truthfully, that's life. There is too many villains. <laughs> As what happens in our life, usually there's way too many things that are going wrong in our lives. So I think it's actually pretty relevant. Um, a lot of us usually have some past hurt or pain that hasn't really been healed completely, just like Peter. You know, he hasn't gotten over this thing with his Uncle Ben. Um, you, we usually have someone in our lives that has it out for us, someone that holds us responsible for the upset in, our li- in their lives. You know, they blame us. They think it's all our fault. There's a lot of people that do that to us. And then we usually have someone who wants to get the better of us and is very jealous of us. That happens all the time. It's what we deal with on a daily basis. Well, how we handle and how we react to all those trials that are thrown us, either either going to make us or they're going to break us. And a lot of times how we fight, you know, ends up hurting those that we love the most, you know, the worst. I, I think that's the toughest part sometimes is when we're attacked and life is tough, it seems like for some reason the worst side of us comes out and we attack those people that we love the most around us. Why it is, I don't know. I guess it's just because we do have that sinful nature inside of ourselves. Obviously, God's not surprised by it. He knew what he created. So he understands that that's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we have to have this idea of letting the Holy Spirit take over, pushing down the sinful nature, and letting the Holy Spirit lift us up and fight the battle for us. So then, the only thing that we can do out of this whole thing to really heal a lot of times this bitterness, this bitter root, is really to deal with forgiveness. And uh, something Peter had to do. Peter had to deal with the forgiveness in his life. And uh, his whole problem, his whole thing that come out with the symbiote, this unforgiveness and this hurt and this bitterness is what grew out of this. And he had to deal with the root of that, the fact that he hadn't dealt with getting over his uncle's death. Um, A lot of us have that same problem today. A lot of us are really dealing with a lot of problems in our life because we either haven't forgiven somebody or somebody hasn't forgiven us. And so we really feel this guilt and this hurt and this bitterness, and we don't live to our fullest potential. Um, When Peter finally decided to let unforgiveness and revenge go from his life, and he instead made the choice to ask for help, he began to then fight off the symbiote of sin. That's what he needed to do. So sadly, a lot of times in our lives, and just like what happens with Peter Parker, we most of the time end up losing nearly everyone that mattered to us if we don't get on the, the stick and do what we need to do quickly, you know, to forgive people and to move forward. Um, Peter had to come face to face with this person that he became. And it was really tough for him. He started to recognize that this is not who I wanted to be. And I think that's what happens in each one of us who starts to grow in our faith. There's a, there's a time 
where we kind of take a look at ourselves maybe in a mirror and we start to think, this isn't really who I ever intended to become in my life. And you might be 12, 13 years old, but truthfully, it might be, it doesn't matter. It could be then, it could be now. I mean, that you look at yourself and think, I didn't think this is where I was going to be. I thought I was going to be different than this. And I think that every one of us goes through it. It's just when it happens. And I think Peter had to look at himself and see who he really was and move forward. And he was not happy with who he became. And the thing with sin, pastor says it all the time. He says it takes us much farther than you wanted to go, and it keeps you much longer than you ever wanted to stay. And it's the truth. I can tell you every time the things that I've done wrong. And you know what? Every one of us is a sinner. I don't care to what degree all of us are. The things I did, the mistakes I made, much bigger than I ever thought they were going to be. And I end up having a lot of harder time getting out of it than I ever thought I would. Um, many people in this world today are walking around asking themselves, what happened to me? What happened to the person I was? How quickly did life change? And why? Why did I fall for this? You know, But we all can say that to some degree because we all make dumb decisions. Um, like I spoke to you in an earlier message, each one of us has the same potential as the next guy. It's whether or not we want to do something with it, whether or not we want to challenge ourselves, we want to change, we want to grow. So it's this amazingly tough fight for Peter Parker because this symbiote does not want to come off easily. And that's exactly how it is with sin with each one of us. You can tell yourself that you want to get out of something, but I'm going to tell you there's going to be certain people around you that are going to pull you back so quickly. You're going to have such a hard time getting away from them. And there's going to be something inside yourself, even though you know it's not good, there's going to be something inside of yourself because it is that sinful nature. There's going to be something inside of you that really finds a little bit of fun and enjoyment in doing the stuff that you know is not good for you. And it's a battle. It's a battle you have to fight. Um, a thing to notice though, is that it took things being changed on the inside for Peter for the outside to start to change and go back. I think that's just the opposite for hypocrites today in their faith. You know, some of those people, man, they look like the hero Spider-Man on the outside. But inside, they have the black venomous Spider-Man. You know, so they, they tend to hide it. It's kind of interesting with Spider-Man because there was no hiding. I mean, everything that he was come out and it was obvious. Christians, and on the other hand, we're, we're, we tend to be pretty fake and phony, and we can fool people for a while. But sin binds us to, um, to us, just like the symbiote bonded to Spider-Man. And, man, it is hard to untangle once it gets entangled on us. Even though we call Christianity, Christianity a battle, I talked to you about that a couple weeks ago. I said, this is a battle cry. It's the army of God, and uh, it's the toughest battle you're ever going to be in. The part that's going to be the toughest for you to understand is that most of this battle that you're going to fight, the hardest part is that it will be fight and fought inside of ourselves. Not out in the world, not somebody trying to do something. It's going to be a fight that takes place inside your heart. How am I going to deal with these people? How am I going to deal with the people that say this to me? And how am I, how, what's my reaction going to be? Am I going to be able to say no? Am I going to be able to say yeah? If I say I want to do this, am I really going to stand forward for what I believe? It's going to be a fight that takes place inside you more so than anywhere else. Paul says in Romans 7, 18 and 19, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, I keep doing. 
So Paul dealt with this sinful nature, this idea inside of himself. You know what? I might sit there and tell you I want to be the most patient, kind, loving person. And there's times where I am the most impatient, unkind, hurtful person. And I love Jesus with all my heart. And there's no sooner sometimes do I get something out of my mouth and I'm like, God, forgive me. Forgive me. I don't know why I can be so rotten. Because I absolutely love you and adore you. But honestly, that's why I even have on my MySpace. I always have them there. I, I, I can understand Paul. When I get to heaven besides seeing Jesus, I'll tell you, I am going to want to see Paul because I'm going to say, man, I relate to you because exactly what you wrote in God's word, that you do the things you don't want to do and you don't do the things that you should do, that's me. I am nowhere near perfect. I am a failure and a flaw because I still fight my sinful nature. And it's tough for me. Um, what will determine your outcome will be decided by what you surrender to. What are you going to surrender to? Sometimes I think we think it's about what fighting, fighting, fighting. You know, we got to fight this off and fight that off and, you know, be willing to do this and do that. But you know what? At some point in battle, someone surrenders. At some point, you're going to either surrender to the Holy Spirit or you're going to surrender to your sinful nature. And it's going to be your choice on what you want to do. No one's going to be able to make that choice but you. I could tell you every single week what choice I hope that you make, but I and myself screw up from time to time. Your parents would want you, of course, to always follow the right path. Each one of you are going to have to make that choice for yourself. So what ends up happening with Peter is he's trying to deal with this person that he's become, but because of the symbiote and all these different things that are going on in his self, he becomes this very vengeful person. And he really becomes so evil. The evil that he never thought he could ever have has just grown and grown and grown until this next scene. Marco. What do you want from me? Remember Ben Parker? The old man you shot down in cold blood? What does it matter to you anyway? Everything!
good riddance. So obviously, Peter has really changed. This is not the Peter. Good riddance, he says. This is a Spider-Man who would never kill. He would never kill. His whole plan was to kill him, destroy him, and have revenge on him. So Peter has completely changed who he is. This, this dark evil inside of him has shown up on the outside. And Peter begins to treat MJ badly. You know, he, he knocks her down, he treats her bad, and he speaks bad. And uh, what he does soon after this is he goes in and he talks to his Aunt May, who was married to, of course, to Uncle Ben. And he starts to tell her that this killer of her husband, that he, Spider-Man, has killed him. That, actually, I don't know if he says he does. He says Spider-Man has killed him. And uh, what Aunt May says is, Spider-Man killed this guy? And he said, yeah, and she says, Spider-Man doesn't kill. And uh, she basically tells him, she says, that Spider-Man's changed because this is not normal. And what she says is, I don't think there's any jubilation about somebody's death. Your uncle wouldn't want you living one second with revenge in your heart, Peter. It's like a poison. It takes over, and before you know it, it turns us into something ugly. Well, obviously, that's exactly what was happening. You know, everything that he was inside of himself was coming out on the outside, and it was becoming very ugly. So what ends up happening is Peter starts to recognize that there is something bad going on inside of himself. And I think each one of us, to this degree in our lives, if we're going to follow after God, even if we haven't done it very well, <laughs> I think sometimes we get to this part in our life where we're like, whoa, I am not what I'm supposed to be. And you kind of come face to face with it. And it's either this choice, which way do you go? The fork in the road. You know, you're going to go left, you're going to go right. Which choice are you going to make? And Peter started to really see that, man, I am on the wrong road here. I am making a lot of poor choices, and there are some real different things that I'm going to have to change. So Peter decides he's going to go to the one place, of course, where he feels comfortable and where he feels as though there might be something that could help him to fight. And he goes to church. And uh, what he does is he starts to finally fight off this symbiote. But right below him, it happens to be that the guy who's trying to get his position all the time in the Photoshop, Eddie, is there. And uh, the symbiote looks for this, this darkness. And this happens to happen where he's right below. And the symbiote's like, man, I'll go to him. Because he's got even more vengefulness in his heart hidden in there, and he's going to go to him. And what happens is that the sound is actually what ends up giving Peter the opportunity to pull off uh, some of the things that are, are entangling him, and he's able to fight. So let's watch this next part.
Brock, sir. Edward Brock, Jr. I come before you today humbled and humiliated to ask you for one thing. I want you to kill Peter Parker. very valuable points here. One, it's what hides in our heart that has to be dealt with. I'm going to explain to you one more time. I say this nearly every single week. Going to church in itself will not make the difference. Here he does, you know, Eddie Brock walks in, walks in and he goes in with, you know, intentions really to be evil, not to go in and seek after God. People do this every single day. Throughout America, they go into churches, they don't really mean anything. Um, I heard a, a really interesting thing on, on this uh, message. It said, you know how people always talk about, like, you know, be, becoming a Christian. People always use that word. They said, um, going to church won't make you as a Christian as much as going to an elk's club will not make you an elk. And I thought, that's a good one. I like that. That makes sense. But we see that there's a lot of people that go to churches, and it doesn't necessarily mean anything because they've not allowed God to help them change their inner sinful nature. And that's what needs to take place. So, you know, the battlefield is within Christians themselves. This conflict is going to continue until this earthly life is over. It's going to be a fight that you're going to fight forever. And that is exhausting to think about. Sometimes, honestly, it's like, oh, my goodness, it's going to be tough. But man, I'd rather stay in the battle and at least hope to win and fight it than to just give up and look like venom <laughs> on the outside and inside. You know, someday there will be an end. We all have to stand before God. We have to answer for what we've done. 
Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please a sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So we know that there is going to be a battle. It's your choice. It makes it clear right there. You have a choice to either surrender to the sinful nature or surrender to the Holy Spirit's demands. But to do it, you're going to have to give up control. You're going to have to let the Holy Spirit lead. And that's where people have a hard time. People have a really hard time. They're way too prideful to ask God to have give them help. We're raised in this society to be the type of people that's like, oh, I'm on my own, I can make it. You know, you're told to be independent. You know, you're told that you're, you're smart kids, you're, you're smart, you're wise, you're heroes, you're this, you know, and all this. And truthfully, every one of us has failed and flawed. Every one of us needs God's help. And then he died for every single one of us. So we have this to think about. But um, I want you to really be challenged on what you feel. Sometimes it may be a real big battle. I'm going to tell you, I battle every day. And I am, I have a strong foundation in Christ. I love him with all my heart. But it is a battle every day that takes place. It's not something you can do one time and then let go. The one thing that God's word says is this is a choice you make every single day you get up. You can make that choice yesterday, but what have you made today? Today is a choice. Are you going to follow after what? Are you going to try to put to bed your sinful nature? Are you going to try to kill it off? Or are you going to try to be led by your Holy Spirit? It's really either you lead or you let the Holy Spirit lead you. People have a hard time in submission. They have a hard time. They don't want to be told what to do. There's a lot of pride inside people. And like I said, pride comes before destruction. Truthfully, in the Bible, it's another one of those words. I've told you before, the word flattery is completely misrepresented in society. The word flattery is nothing but evil in, in the Bible. Flattery is in itself is only ever uh, insincere praise is what it is. So whenever someone says that I'm flattered, what you're actually doing is you're saying that someone tells you, if someone says something to you, you say, oh, I'm flattered. Actually, what you're saying to them is that they're a liar and they don't think you're very great. That's what it really is. So people have misinterpreted that word. The other thing, too, is I've looked throughout the Bible many, many times. I've not once, and no matter how much I've looked in a concordance, I don't find one good thing under the word pride. Proud, anything. Our society walks around and talks that we can be proud of our children, proud of, proud of our accomplishments, proud of our life. And, you know, there's not one thing like that that actually is uh, represented in God's word that it's a good thing. Pride is never looked at as good in God's word. We're supposed to be humble. And that means we're supposed to put ourselves last. So I want to challenge you to really think about who you are. I'm not asking you all to make a decision right now. But even if you are a follower of Christ, if you've never asked the Holy Spirit to really live inside you to help you, if you want to come talk to me afterwards, I'd be more than willing to pray for you or any one of the people that are here as uh, you know helpers and leaders, they can help you and pray. Um, otherwise, uh, if you need prayer for something, come connect with me at the end of the service or sometime. But um, we actually have 20 minutes, and there is a leader in every single one of the rows, and they are going to do, each row is going to do a small type of a uh, study on our sinful nature. So each row is going to discuss this and spend time together, connecting on a smaller group level, so you're not just all faces in the crowd that don't converse. So um, let me pray for you before, before you guys start this, because I will probably miss you otherwise and not get a chance. So 
Lord, I just pray that you would just help this message, Lord, go down and deep into our hearts, Lord. Where any bitterness or any evilness lurks, I just pray that you would just help us, Lord, to get rid of it, throw it aside, and I just pray that your Holy Spirit would become more and more comfortable. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you just help us to be what you called us to be. And that's victorious in you. And we just thank you for each person that's here. Pray that you just bless them in everything that they do, Lord. Bless their families. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.